Thirsty Thursday, what up? How are you doing, my friend? Couldn't be better, man. How about yourself? I am hanging out here in downtown beautiful Montreal, as you can see. Yeah, and I, you get around, man. I, I do get around. I do get around. Uh, of course, is this beautiful relic of the 1970s, the Olympic Stadium. And uh, as you can see, there's a beautiful uh, beam up at the top with, uh, with wires down. And of course, you know, uh, well, what, something in French. Uh, magnificent. <laughs> bon appétit. <laughs> A lot of good stuff going on in Montreal. A lot of good stuff. Actually, I'm not in Montreal, but there's a, a really, really bad story here. I actually, I think they're still giving because Montreal, the Canadian government, still owes money from the 1976 Olympics. They are actually still having tours of the Olympic grounds from 45 years ago. Is this where the Expos played? This is where the Expos plays. And... Um, this is where, of course, Caitlyn Jenner won all of her uh, decathlon medals in 1976. But would it be her or would it be his back then? It was his. Now it's her. But I, I, that's a good question. And, um, and of course, Caitlyn is now running for governor of California. So go figure that one out. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not sure what that's all about. But uh... We'll steer clear of that one. But we, you and I had a really interesting story, a uh, really interesting chat before we uh, got on the air. About right. you. I, so I didn't know that you, you were a bus driver or you had the Well, well yes. Yeah. So um, I used to coach uh, high school girls softball when I was a 12th grade teacher in Virginia. And part of the reason why they hired me to be a coach was really they just needed someone to drive one of those mini buses around. So I would drive the mini bus around uh, I think one of the benefits was I got a little extra money for doing it, as well as coaching. And of course, like I got free food at Sheets, which is like a chief, cheap competitor to Wawa. So if anyone yeah, knows, Sheets, I know Sheets. Sheets, of course, there's always jokes. Sheets, Shits does one, you know. But right. I, I, I like Sheets. They they do have a little bit of a more extensive menu. They have nachos. And they did have burgers before Wawa had burgers. Um, and of course, they sell beer because. In Delaware, our Wawa doesn't sell beer, but I'm still more of a Wawa guy. Um, but the story is that I used to drive the bus around and I was really, really a bad bus driver. Like I got stuck in Northern Virginia traffic one time and it was like me, uh, 10 high school girls without a GPS device. And I was, we, I had to drive them. In this situation, I was driving the, the, the girls lacrosse team to an event and I'm like, I got there like 10 minutes before the game started. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. And I, you know, it, it just crazy stuff. So is there a special song that we have to go with my zany well, adventures? Well, what I wanna know is, so you are authorized to drive the Sweet Pickles bus, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I was. We have a song for you folks out there. For any of you folks that grew up in the 70s, the 60s, and the 70s, a little bit of the 80s, I always watch these reruns. It's the Banana Split song! Yeah. <laughs> 
What do you think? I mean, I think maybe one show we should just sit and play music all show long and see how. Oh, 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 Jeez. Anyway, moving on from that. That is quite a story. I had no idea that you used to drive the banana splits bus. Um, and uh, rather frightening experience. Although I think these these girls are now ladies, so they could they're women in their late twenties. They could probably you know document my driving experience and the fears that I filled them with. So. Now, how old were you back? Then? How long ago was this? Ten years ago? I think this. I was like thirty four. So I was like oh, a, thirteen fifteen. 14 years ago? Yeah, I was a much younger a man of the world back then. Right, right. Now, a worldly, yeah. Now I'm in Montreal for the night, so. That's right. That's that's where you are. Well, let's get to it. Speaking of uh, being worldly, let's get to it. What should we start with? I know we have some hot, hot topics, some sizzling. So I think we're going to start with the draft because I never watched a complete first night of the NFL draft. You got me to actually watch four and a half hours of the NFL draft with my 81-year-old mother, Charlotte Levin. God bless her. Because God she did watch it. Right, man. They, they really totally misrepresent how long it's going to take because you realize it's 10 picks, what? Every hour and 20 minutes is 10 picks? Uh, yeah, what? They have 10 minutes for the first round, then they have seven for the second, and then I think the third is five. So once you get to the third round, it, it moves a little bit better. I think Cleveland did a great job, though. I mean, they I really, too. really. What? I do too. I love Cleveland's draft. Well, I mean, though, that the way they hosted it too was just, you know, they it was a, a nice. From what I understand, those fans were really out there. I mean, it was like in the low fifties that night, and it was really chilly. But I mean, they have they really do have some of the best uh, football fans in this country, the Cleveland Browns, and look like they had a good draft and looks like they're actually going to be front runners in that division. Um, but I, I would like to talk before we get into the Eagles, I did want to focus on, um, well, the Cowboys primarily because the Cowboys really went in one direction in this draft, I think entirely right on defense. Yeah, they did. They went heavy. Their, their linebacking core is going to be insane too. Uh, frightening. Because it's interesting because, you know, when you compare them to what the Eagles have done at linebacker, it's crazy, right? So they have Kyle Van Esch. They have um, uh, Smith in the middle, a um, kid from Notre Dame who's fantastic. Uh, and then they have uh, – they drafted Mike Parsons, right? So – and I know Sean Lee retired. Um, and so I think they drafted – oh, and they drafted uh, Jabril Cox too out of LSU who fell – to I think it was like the fifth round so they went heavy on linebacker I I'm not a real big fan of the defensive back they got from Kentucky the kids had some off the field issues um and I think he's more of an athlete than he is a a cornerback so um I do think Micah Parsons is a beast and uh I'm not looking forward to facing him uh two times a year uh, I think that it can make a difference right away, though, right? With the Cowboys, they're going to be better next year, not a couple <laughs> yep. of years off. And yep. Yeah, and I liked a couple of their picks. They had a late-round pick. They took uh, the South Carolina quarterback, I think I mentioned in the last uh, the last show we did, but he played opposite of uh, J.C. Horn. And, you know, I, he was a late pick. But, I, you know, it was a late pick to me. He was a pretty good player. He's got really great size. 
Um, I mentioned Jabril Cox. I think he was a, he's a good find for them. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of Kelvin Joseph, the defensive back they took from Kentucky, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's kind of my take on the, on the Cowboys draft. Uh, they did go heavy defensive, um, presence. I think they drafted a couple of offensive linemen because, uh, that, that offensive line is definitely aging for Dallas as well, but. Look, I mean, I'm thrilled they didn't get Kyle Pitts, too, because, you know, everyone. Heard that, about yeah. And you are in the Atlanta area. What is the uh, opinion of Kyle Pitts? Steal of the deal uh, draft or? Yeah, I think a lot of people. Well, I don't know if they, people are calling it a steal. I think people are really excited about him. Um, and then they drafted um, a safety, I think, in the second round out of UCF. People are excited, seem to be excited about as well. I think with Pitts, though, some people from that are Falcons fans said to me, like, you know, hey, great to have him, but we probably should have traded back to get more picks. Because, like I said, they're in a very similar situation as we are um, in terms of salary cap and just they have an aging quarterback, um, which is, you know, not what we have. But Matt Ryan can still play. I think Julio's best days are behind him. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to get as much value for him. Um, I don't think they're going to get anywhere close to a first round pick for him if they try to trade him. So I don't know. I think that they have a lot of holes um, on the lines too. And I think some people would have liked to have seen them address that and get more picks. So, you know, look, you can't keep everybody happy. I thought Kyle Pitts was a good, uh, great pick for them, put him in that offense. And then they also, uh, it's not Atlanta podcast, but they also uh, turned down the fifth year option on Hayden Hurst, their current tight end. So um, obviously Kyle Pitts is going to have a, um, you know, he is going to have an opportunity to start and contribute immediately. So, yeah. And he will. Let's segue into the Eagles. Um, yeah. first round, you know, uh, a lot of things, uh, forced the Eagles, you know, to go up. They were not able, we had been hoping for a cornerback, uh, Sertan of Alabama, and he was picked up by Denver with the ninth pick. So uh, the Eagles were obviously disappointed. So they went to plan B, which was getting uh, Devontae Smith. But to make that happen, they had to trade up from 12 to 10, which was actually a deal with the Cowboys, which, you know, I've never understood this desire not to make trades with division rivals. I mean, if it's going to benefit them, the Cowboys got an extra draft pick. They got the third round. Was that the third round pick that the Eagles got in the Carson Wentz deal, the extra third rounder? Uh, I think they traded their pick. I believe it was their pick, and then they kept the Colts pick uh, in the third round, but you can check me on that. I think you're, you you had expressed like you really like Javante Smith. Yeah, Javante. Javante Smith, I apologize. Yeah. Um, I like Javante too, his twin brother. No, I'm just kidding. Javante, uh, I love Javante. Um, last week I came on and I definitely, you know, was all in on him. Um, look, I mean, the guy had 23 touchdowns. He had over 1800 yards receiving as a senior caught 117 balls. You know, he was not too small last week. He was not too small, you know, when he was tearing up SCC, uh, defenses, um, you know, everything that I've read about this guy and what I've seen him, I've seen him play from when he was a freshman and caught the game winning, uh, pass in the national title game to break Georgia's heart. Uh, I mean, he's so clutch. He's so good. And the fact that he is, he's such a crisp and sweet route runner that defensive backs don't play up and they don't try to jam him. And I think someone else made a good point that 
you know, the NFL has gotten away so much from, you know, being, um, you know, it's not like the league that we grew up in and it wasn't even, it's not definitely even, a heavy running league back in the day that you would see running backs being taken in the first round. Number one draft pick would be a running back. You, right. Yeah. The well, just think about too, though, the con the level of contact though. Now, I mean, right. Like guys get thrown out. Yeah. Guys get thrown out now for things that they never would have gotten thrown out for before. So they're trying to protect players and it's in the player's best interest. And I, I think it's smart, but I think it, it, it adds to Devonte Smith being, I am so excited to watch him play. I am not the least bit worried about his weight. Uh, he works his ass off. Um, you know, funny enough, he was, I, I saw a video, he was working out, guess who he was working out with? Old Nelson Aguilar. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so hopefully, yeah. And don't worry, the, the drops are not contagious folks. So don't worry about that. Um, but he, he's just a meticulous worker. He works hard. He wants it. He wants to be great. Like you hear his, I recommend everyone go check out his interview. I think you can tell he also, there's a great piece in GQ uh, about him, just like kind of where he came from, who he is, like what drives him, why he wants to be the best. And, you know, I'll tell you, you look, if you look back at um, the game, I believe it was in 2019, uh, there was a game between LSU and Alabama. And in that game, you had Jerry Judy, you had Henry Ruggs, you had Devontae Smith from Alabama, you had Jamar Chase in that game, all those guys. Um, and then you, I think uh, Terrence Mitchell as well. You look back at that, those stats, look at Devontae Smith. He was the best player on the field with all of those guys. I, I'm so excited for him. I'm so glad we made that move. It sounds like we swept him out from the Giants' feet, and then the Giants ended up trading back. What a what a what a cycle of events though that went went down, right? And I also heard that uh, did you hear that that Howie actually tried to trade up to the Broncos? So I, it, it is very interesting just playing, you know, uh, Thursday, you know, week after quarterback. Well, they, did they really want Sertain? Was that the guy they were going for, or did they I, always want? I don't know. And the interesting thing with the Broncos is they're all over with the Aaron Rodgers situation, which is just ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if Shailene Wood Woodley is pregnant or she has supposedly she owns a house in Denver. So uh, I am having a phone ringing, but is uh, that Aaron Rodgers calling you? I might be Aaron Rodgers. I think I'm going to disconnect my phone. So we're not going to hear any more people calling for tonight. We're closed. We're not we're closed. <laughs> Sounds like Paul Toupee from, uh, is this Toupee or from uh, 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 Fantasy Island? What was his name? Uh, uh, tattoo. Tattoo. It's closed. We closed. Dude, this show has gone off the rails just 10 minutes in. It's amazing. Um, so that was Devontae Smith. Things sort of went in a different direction with uh, a lot of, I mean, I guess, how could you really mess up the first round? Well, you could mess up the first round, but uh, very highly plenty of times. Second yeah. round pick, Landon Dickerson, the eventual successor to Jason Kelsey. And some say it could be a successor sooner than later. You know, my biggest thing with Landon Dickerson is like, he is nasty, he's, he's you know, a tremendous blocker, according to a lot of scouts. Um, you know, I, so I, I don't question what he's done on the field, but you're taking a kid who's 22 years old. He's 335 pounds. He has torn eight ACLs on both knees, ankle surgery on both ankles, 
shut down four out of five seasons in college, never played more than 13 games. Um, now he's back doing cartwheels and he's doing all that stuff and he's doing squats with one leg up. And I, I, you know, I, I, I see likes to bench press and wear overalls and I love all that. I think Philly will eat all that up, but if you're not on the field, it doesn't, who, who gives a shit if you're balancing dishes on your nose, you know, like, so like item the wing ball, he'll eat. Right. And this is a dude you're talking about is 22 years old in the trenches. Like, so you're constantly having guys fall at your feet, running backs, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. So in my mind, could this guy be great? I guess he could. I think he could. But like, if I'm weighing probability and at 37 to me, just outside the first round, you don't take a guy who is 22 years old, weighs 335 pounds and has had four season ending major surgeries. These are not like, you know, remember when we took Sidney Jones and, and he had the uh, Achilles, he blew out his Achilles. And I'm pretty sure that was his only injury before he was drafted. And I just can't imagine that a dude who has had this many injuries carries that much weight is all of a sudden going to become less injury prone as he gets older. Right. And, uh -huh. and, and arthritis creeps in and all that stuff. Um, and it creeps in at an advanced age when you're playing football and you're banging you know, bagging, banging appendages all, uh, all, all game long. So I'm not a fan of the pick. Uh, Could have gone cornerback. Asante Samuel Jr. was on the board. Yeah, and so was the linebacker from uh, Notre Dame. JOK was on the board too. So those are two guys I really would have liked to have seen um, in, in uh, I wanted to say midnight green. Um, and and like to get anyway. them back, like to get them back to Kelly Green at least one of these days. Now the the big Bruja, of course, was the the pick over Milton Williams, where I think it was how he went over to Tom Donahue to like fist pump him. Which I mean, the guy's like forty eight years old. Get over the whole fist pump, anyways. Tom Donahue's old school. He don't want to fist pump you. He's like yeah. fist pumping his dad. I mean, right. he he obviously didn't want anything of it. Of course, we in the media, we like to overblow these types of things. Was it a big deal? Was it was it just, you know, Tom Donahue, Donahue or Donahue wanted someone different? Um, everyone else fist pumped Howie. Was it a good pick? I've never watched Louisiana Tech football. Maybe on a Thursday night, they would have their games on ESPN. I mean, do we know anything about this guy? Because he's going to need to play a major role in that defensive line, which is aging. Yeah, I think he's a rotational guy. He's a little bit undersized. He's real quick. Uh, I've read a lot about him. I have not seen Louisiana Tech play a ton of football. You know what's funny, though? I do remember reading about a Louisiana Tech guy, like, during the season. And I, I can't honestly can't remember it was him. It was definitely a defensive lineman. Um, so, I, you know, it could have been him. Um, what I have heard and what I've read is that this guy sometimes doesn't – he doesn't always, like, give it his all every single play. Um you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, look, maybe, maybe Donahoe's not a fister, you know, like you can't blame the man. Maybe, maybe he's not into fisting. So uh, take that for what it is, but you know, I mean, and he, and everyone has their own players, right? I don't know. Yeah, but we don't one. want another Mike Mamula because that's sort of like, we think of the worst defensive line pick and the guy from Notre Dame who got shot. I forget what his name was. He Jerome was Google. He was not a success for this organization. No, Jerome McDougall was not a success. We traded up for him too. But, you know, like Milton Williams, I think the big thing on for me was there was another defensive uh, tackle that they were looking at from North Carolina State. And then there was a defensive back who went with that pick. 
the problem is, is this, the problem is, is, is in the, uh, in my mind, it's in the process, right? So hear me out. You are going to trade back the three picks, right? In the third round, which should be a starter for you. You're, you're going to take a chance and trade back three picks, right? From 70 to 73. So you can pick up an additional sixth round pick. Why? So they can pick up your dirty jock straps all over it. Like, Six round picks more often than not are not making your team. They may not even be making your practice. I think I saw the number at like 15%. Now they probably are more likely going to make the team this year than any other year because there's such a lack of talent and they couldn't sign so many free agents. So they're more likely to make it this year than in the past, but probably not worth it. And they also waited till the fourth round to really address a glaring need, which was cornerback. Um, and, and the question is, why didn't they pick a cornerback in the third round? They waited till the fourth round. They took this guy from Texas Tech, which unfortunately most people never heard of Zach McPherson. Yeah, he was a Penn State kid and he couldn't play at Penn State and they transferred to Texas Tech. They love him. They say he's athletic. He's, you know, he's got decent size. He's, I think he's uh, a hair under six feet. He can run pretty well. I think he runs like a four or five, so he can run pretty well. Why do he last to the fourth round? You know, I, I, what I saw, the tape that I saw on him, he's very much like, uh, I didn't see him like necessarily break and make game. And look, he's in the fourth round, right? This is not going to happen. I, it seemed like to me, a lot of his interceptions were the ball was thrown in his direction. He wasn't, you know, when you watch a ball hawk, a guy like Asante Samuel, like you watch a guy to me who is a playmaker, right? He makes things happen. I think, Zach McPherson and, and look, I hope he turns out being a, a great pick sure, for us. Sure, yeah. yeah, but I, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, you know, like, look, that's great. You're taking defensive back. I would have taken one probably in the second round or in the third round when they traded that pick to, to go from 70 to 73 to get the extra, you know, uh, six round pick, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, they, they, the team that drafted took a highly ranked defensive back. Um, Robinson, I think it was, was it the Giants or the Bears? I don't know. But anyway, so they took a defensive back. I, I, I do love uh, Kenneth Gainwell, their fifth round pick that they got um, out of Memphis. Because to me, this is the running back, the small size. Yes, running back. Yeah, this guy can can play some ball. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to put you're going to see him in Sirianni's offense. And your boy, Boston Scott, has yeah. probably got one more year left on this team. And Gainwell is going to be it, man. He is, he's a great, like, it's going to be a lot of fun watching him. He's going to be able to do some punt returning and kickoff returning too. Cause he, you know, they like him to be in that Darren Sproles type role. Yeah, I think he will. Um, he, he, I think he's much more of a, like a quick cut, uh, see the whole, like hit the hole type of runner. Um, but they do. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that they can, can, you know, look, the Eagles special teams uh, have not been very special, right? They have not been, not since the Super Bowl. So, I mean. Yeah. And then the last the last guy I just want to hit on, too, you know, they took a linebacker from Tulane. They took a defensive tackle from um, uh, USC. And then they took uh, this kid from Coastal Carolina, Taron Jackson. Really nice story with Taron Jackson. I saw that he promised his uh, brother, who um, I believe – has passed away um he promised him that he would make it to the nfl and he made it to the nfl and then you just you just see something like that and you just you obviously root for him and this, love to be, he's a defensive end um you know I more think of a, the, the nice story was also the guy from michigan 
whose mother was a refugee from Liberia and oh, yeah. grown up. That was a I think his name was Micah or he's Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay. That was a beautiful story. I mean, yeah. that was a beautiful story. We actually have a large Liberian community here in Delaware. So I guess it sort of hit home a little bit. So the right. Eagles, in ending the Eagles talk, what type of grade would you give them? Like a B or? First night I gave them an A. I need, two, I need a total grade though. I need, you know. All right. Well, I'm giving you my, my thought process. First night I gave them an A. Day two, I gave them a C minus, I think it was. And then day three, I gave them, you know, uh, probably a B, a B. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I probably give their draft a B minus, probably something around that. Um, I do really like Jacoby Stevens. I like him from LSU, big safety, big time hitter. I think he can play the um, Malcolm Jenkins role. He's not a great coverage guy. He's, he's okay, but um, which I think he'll be able to cover tight ends for the most part, um, with the exception of guys like Kyle Pitts. But um, I like that you can play him in the box. He can hit, and uh, I think he can do a lot of things. So I'm, I'm excited about him too. Um, so I'd give him probably a B minus. What about you? I, I would, uh, you know, the consensus is I'll go with a B. I mean, yeah. I'm, trying, I, I'm a B guy, you know? Yeah. All right. You uh, like the Bs, double Bs? Speaking of the Bs, the Milwaukee Brewers were in town for four games, and the Phillies swept them, right? Four-game sweep, man. It's not every day you see a four-game sweep. This is a first-place Phillies. Um, I was watching some ESPN. It's interesting. All the first-place leaders in Major League Baseball are, are not running away with it. I mean, they're all sort of at a little bit above 500, which would include the Phillies, although I guess the Phillies are now probably about four games above 500. They're probably, what, 19 and 15 right now? 17, 17 and 15. 17 yeah. and 15. And surprisingly enough, the Dodgers are, I mean, have really stunk up the hole. The, the Giants with Gabe Kapler leading the, the mm -hmm. NOS, which I'm sure is just a gigantic shocker to all you out there. But, you know, baseball is 162 games. It's a very long season. And a lot, you know, it depends on August. So, you know, but I guess a quarter of the season's already over. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, I guess we're, we're a playoff looking team right now, the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, a lot of things have been happening to other teams though, that have not been going on. I have been watching baseball. I made a consistent effort to watch baseball. This, this, since, that. yeah. The relief. How, how about there was the a no hitter yesterday. Does not look that good. I'm going to say though, the giving up leads. No, I mean, obviously that problem wasn't fixed. Yeah, I, I think it's a long season. Like, let's let's have some patience. I think that you have to find out what you have, what you don't have. I think, um, you know, our four fives have been so bad. Very that, bad. Very yeah. bad. So our relievers have been taxed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Archie Bradley went on the DL. I read he's supposed to come back in the middle of May, May after May 18th. They get back from this road trip that they're on. So I think he'll be a boost to the pen. Um, my boy, uh, Jose Alvarado is crazy and did you see that fight he got in with uh the guy from the mets i know that was last weekend right so yeah yeah he struck him out and posed and got all fired up and the dude from the mets got all pissed or pissed off at him so they're drawing though it's interesting i gotta get up there i guess today was like a business person special it must yeah. have been i wish i had gone i couldn't get out of work today um, afternoon I, baseball is 
fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I remember going to a game in the early zeros. I guess zeros. See, see, people were all out having fun. It was like a Wednesday. Those business persons, especially, it's really the only real reason to be a business person is to be able to go to the business person specials. And let's be honest, if you're a business person, the only people going to those are the people that own the business. You know, it's not, yeah, people that, well, it's not the worker bees. It's the people that, I mean, if you own your own business, you obviously are a worker bee, but. Uh, because you don't want to be caught on television at a baseball game. And right. Yeah. Someone says, why the heck weren't you at work? So, right. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, listen, Zach Wheeler today pitched a gem, man. He went nine, complete game shutout. When has that last happened in, in, in Major League Baseball? That doesn't happen anymore. I, it doesn't. He, and it's a second. I know it's a second that I can think of off the top of my head, but three uh, three hitter and he struck out eight. So, which was good. His ERAs, I'd say, I think it's 283, which is good because the last game, you know, he got hit around a little bit in the first inning and then settled down. But I love Wheeler. I love Nola. I think we have such a strong one, too. I think Eflin's been pretty good. You're, um, you're, 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 I saw Velasquez pitch. No. He's awful. Yeah. And uh, the other guys are awful, too. I mean, they're just yeah. awful. If you can only get through four innings, that's a problem. That's a serious problem. Completely agree. Completely uh, and agree. I'm assuming that's going around in baseball because there just seems to be a dearth of good pitching. Not, yeah. It's not just the Phillies. But I mean, it's it's really become apparent that this team has a real struggle with starting pitching. Used to be back in the day, and I'm not talking back in the day like in the 1920s. But you'd see starting pitchers go till the seventh inning, and then you would be able to only have relievers come in for two innings a game. Um, it, it it's not. I mean, it just seems like baseball managers are micromanaging. Um, also, they have pitch counts, which you know they're obviously aware that if the pitcher is thrown 50 pitches so quickly, you know, they're not going to last that long in a game. Um, so I don't even remember a pitch count until about five years ago while I'm watching a baseball game. So, yeah, it's crazy, man. And I think about it. It's like, these guys are so like, you know, they're, they're so massaged all the way. Right. Like, they've been playing, I will say something working in a high school, you got kids that are pitching nonstop yep. all months a year. So God knows how these kids aren't blowing out their arms by the time they're 22. It's really right. sad, actually. I wish parents wake up, stop hurting your kids. The best, thing, the best thing about sports is doing alternate sports because what it's able to do is it's able to strengthen up different parts of your body, your core, basketball. So it was great. You play basketball, play soccer, you play baseball. That way you're not putting so much strain on you if you're a pitcher on your pitching arm. So... Tell, tell Bryce Harper's parents that who, uh, as he's sitting, yeah. enjoying the, the, uh, the royalties of a $330 million contract. I hear but, you, man. I think it's both sides, right? But you, you bring up a great point and I exactly feel the same way. These kids are pitching so much more than they ever have. There's so many, so many more miles and, and everyone wants to throw hard, you know, and that's the other thing. And so, um, you know, yeah, well, we, you have torn, torn rotator cuff surgeries going up. Right. Tommy yeah. John surgeries. I think that's the same thing, actually. But I'm I'm just annoyed with the Phillies. I'll say the whole like uh, Spencer Howard. The way they've, I think they've mismanaged everything with him so far. Put him in the bullpen. Now they're trying to make him a starter. Now they're sending him down so he can be a four inning starter. Like what the hell? Like get your shit together. Like no, he like he is a starter. He should be a starter. And 
Like you have no starting pitching. It's not like we have this this deep wealth of starting pitching in the in the minors. We don't, you know, nothing, and certainly nothing that's close to the major league level at this point. So you gotta like, it's ridiculous. So um, that's what it's all about, though, is turning around this organization, building it up from A ball to double A to triple triple A, and then having a successful organization. You have to start to see good pitching coming through Reading to make this team successful. It just, you have to see that. Now the thought is that Dave Dombrowski is here for that reason, to make the organization sort of similar to our next topic, which is the Sixers. I think the Sixers organization is wonderful. And if you remember last year, the Phillies organization with Matt Klintak was a joke. And so I think that's sort of the way he brings that professionalism to the Phillies that they need. Yeah, yeah. I one other baseball note. You see, there was a no hitter yesterday. I always think that that's awesome. Was that, that wasn't a seven seven. No, it was, it was a legit full nine inning no hitter. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Uh, Means uh, they do from the Orioles. The John see, Means or something. I, I love watching. I love supporting the Orioles too. I mean, they're my you know my other local team here because they're our AL team here, and they you know I always find the Yankees and Red Sox fans obnoxious when they come down to Baltimore and they, they all go to the inner Harbor, like idiots. And <laughs> <laughs> I find Yankees fans annoying. And you know, who's really sort of moved into their territory are Dodgers fans. Yeah. I used to, I used to enjoy going as a kid, for some reason it was exciting to go watch the Dodgers up at veteran stadium. I guess it's because they were in, the National League East at one point, and when they moved out to LA, they still had some fans, and they were always a national draw with Fernando Valenzuela. So it was a big deal to go see the Dodgers play. Yeah, I've never been to Dodger Stadium. I did go. It's um, I wasn't overly impressed, but you know, everyone says it's got the atmosphere. So uh, Eric Connor, uh, one of our big listeners, has told me before that he wants to. Uh, he invited me to go to a. Uh, you have to go there. You must go. Well, I mean, I have to go. Been to go I would definitely do a, a two two game thing. Like go to go out to Anaheim, go catch the Angels and and, and Mike Trout, and then go and catch the Dodgers because I think I think well, Anaheim Stadium is not so nice either. <laughs> but <laughs> I think. Yeah, but it, it looks unique. I like unique. You know, I like, and then who doesn't want to see Showtime out there, you know? Right, right. Well, I don't don't like the Lakers, so I could care less about Showtime. No, Showtime is uh, uh, Otani. That's what that's. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no. And if anything, maybe you'll go see an L.A. series there where they're playing, you know, the Dodgers are playing the Angels. But I I saw the Mariners play the Angels and then the Dodgers played the Angels in a sort of a L.A. series. So highly recommend it as I'm thinking back at Olympic Stadium, which was uh, home to the Montreal Expos. Uh, one what, of my what's the most random part? You ever been to Safeco? I've never been to Safeco. I have to- most, give me the most random baseball ballpark you've been to. Coors Field, which I absolutely love Coors Field. It's okay. right near the train station. It's a beautiful stadium, Coors Field. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one day I'd like to go to every stadium. Um, that's awesome yeah I, i'd love to do that too I'm and if you've ever to... been to city field city field is cool because they have a mets museum so they have the world series trophies i would like to see that up at city uh i would like to see that at citizens bank park where they should have the 2008 and the 80 trophy as right. well like in a little phillies museum where That'd they have the ashburn alley they should build a phillies museum back there yeah 
Well, I'll tell you mine since you asked me was uh, Kauffman Stadium. Which is the Astro Stadium. No, Royals. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, the Royals Stadium. And you know what? Didn't they push back the back of the stadium so the water – yeah, so it's – I think that's really – that's really cool. That's and really cool. when I went, the Phillies were in town, so I got to watch the Phillies. Um, but that was when the Phillies were Imagine the 1980 World Series. I know. Imagine Willie that. Wilson. Willie Wilson and Amos uh, – what was his name? Uh, Amos, Amos Otis, I think it was. I don't know. Anyway, look that up. Well, but that uh, Phillies are in town uh, in Atlanta this weekend, so that's a big series. And then they go to Washington for another big series, so a couple of interdivisional – series which uh you know will go a long way in shaping the division we could get on next week and be in a much different place uh than we are now so enjoy it while we have it um moving on to the sixers because the sixers are on a six game winning streak (laughs) they're on a six game winning streak and the nets have you know supposedly i heard today that james harden is planning on coming back before the end of the season. So I don't really think it matters at this point. They have a healthy lead. I think they're actually probably going to sit uh, the starters the last two games if they can win out these next four games and give them some rest, give them beats some rest. And I think they have, um, they have the Pelicans tomorrow night and then a back-to-back with the, um, uh, the Pelicans. And then they have the Pistons on Saturday night and they have two on the road. They have I know one is against the Heat, and the other game is against the who? Pacers. Pacers. So there's no reason to believe that three of those games aren't, I think, winnable. And I I don't know if the Heat game is not a winnable game. I think there's really going to be a movement to try and sweep those games so that they can get some rest and clinch that number one seed. I, I, I'm going to argue this one now. I don't like the idea of rest because here's the thing. If you look at their last... I'm thinking more Embiid, though. I mean, I think Simmons is going to play the rest of the game. So. so, But hear me out, though, with the rest. I think, the like, last night, Embiid played 24 minutes, right? And then right. against the Hawks, they blew them out back-to-back. And Embiid played also right around 24 or 25 minutes. Like these guys, he's not playing 30 minutes a night. And so my concern is one, we know Embiid can get out of shape and get out of rhythm. I want to keep him in rhythm. And I th- I still think the team, uh, you know, adding George Hill, like I I would use these, these games to sort of like get that playoff rotation set. And I don't think they had that set yet. They don't I mean, have it set at all. That's you why know? I thought they had it set, but then they started playing Tyrese Maxey some more. And he came off the bench and he's starting to play more. So now we're totally because I thought his minutes were going to be going to uh, George Hill. And, and now that doesn't look like it's the case. So. And, and, and Tyrese, or I mean, uh, Thibel's playing great. I mean, yeah. Well, did you, did you realize that Thibel is, uh, he is top five for defensive player of the year? And he's only playing like 23 minutes a game, which is pretty crazy. Incredible incredible so um if he yeah. gets some sort of offensive game a little better thibel's your starting power for not power forward small forward next year so yeah no you're right you're yeah. right I, I, yeah i totally agree and uh so it'll be interesting um what do they have four games is their magic number for clinching the number one seed i think so so you have those and then you've got the magic the last two games which both of those games are winnable 
winnable. Yeah. I know. I now listen. I have no problem. I think they need to play out the string, but I wouldn't. I would have no problem resting them that last game of the year. You know, and and I think they could win with their bench. So I I think they could win. I mean, Dwight Howard's been just amazing this year. I mean, who doesn't want to see 30, 39 minutes of Mike Scott (laughs) and uh, Isaiah Joe? I mean, I'm in. Anthony Tolliver. Jeez. You're right, man. Give those guys some run, you know? That's what I say. And Isaiah Joe. I like Isaiah Joe. Paul Reed has sort of come back to earth if he watched the game last night. Didn't look so good last night. Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't played as well, but you know, he's he's young and I I still love him. I still love him. I'm he's still part of my uh fan club. So yeah, did you know the Sixers are five and oh since Ben returned? Have you noticed that too? I have noticed they yeah. They they haven't lost the game since he's returned, obviously. So that that loss streak, I mean, against Milwaukee was hard to take it, but Milwaukee did the same thing against Brooklyn. So they did us a favor, Milwaukee. I would love to see us play Milwaukee with a full healthy team though. We yeah. still have not seen that. And I think it's important because I think it'd be a lot different than what we saw previously. If I have to see Giannis, Giannis, excuse me, acting like a fool on our home court, you know, you know, acting like a fool. Uh, first off, I don't think he would get away with it. He'd get a hard foul doing that, but, um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I'd like to see, I'd love to kick the crap out of Brooklyn Nets. I think their fans are obnoxious. I think they're really just the Yankees fans. Um, well, they used to be owned by the Yankees, right? Or they still are, um, or partially owned by them. I mean, I think they were. I, I mean, I hate the Nets. Yeah, I hate them too. And, and it's hard to hate the Nets because the Nets have been like the most useless basketball organization since they were created in the 60s. Absolutely. I know. And they, you know, they were the New Jersey Nets. They're the Brooklyn Nets. Like, they were even the New York Nets at one point. Yeah. So, I mean, and here's, here's, I mean, the best thing to come from the next, the Nets was uh, Julius Irving, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, but here's the deal. A couple questions for you. The first one is, um, who do you fear in the East? I still think it would probably be Milwaukee. Even though you want Milwaukee, you fear them? I love that about you, man. That's wonderful. Well, I think it's going to be them. I think they might actually, if they're the, the three, I think they might beat um, Brooklyn. They yeah. just seem to have something that even though you have James Harden and these guys haven't played together. It's right. like when, when we would used to pick players and they would always look good on paper, but it doesn't really add up to something. You still have three dominant ball hogs playing together and they played what, six games together this whole season. Yep. Yep. You just can't assume it's going to work. And obviously, you know, Daryl Morey realized something about James Harden that he tried to put together teams around James Harden for years and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, furthermore, you got a rookie coach in Steve Nash who's trying to manage all this. You have no, you have no big man presence, right? Um, well, so the, the aged DeAndre Jordan, who's well past his prime. Yeah, DeAndre and a guy named and Claxton, and he ain't no Speedy Claxton. Nick Claxton from Nick the Claxton. University. I said that on person. Speedy Claxton was another player. What he was the Hofstra guy that played at, at San Antonio. That's right, and yeah. Philadelphia drafted by the 76ers. Oh, okay. um, so that's one question. All right, and so the second question is: Let's revisit for one second. 
if you had the chance to go back and make the trade for James Harden for Simmons. Right. Right. We can we now say that we were right? I think so. I think now I think the problem is God that James Harden is is starting to look injury prone too, unless this is him not wanting to come back in time or if this is the product that you're would he have done the same thing for the Sixers, not playing? That would have been a real problem. Could you imagine if we traded for him and he pulled this shit and he got, I mean, even if he is legitimately hurt, like Philly fans don't really seem to care whether it's legitimate or not. Another year on his contract. If you, can you imagine that this is the deterioration of his body and you're getting stuck with, I think, what is his contract? Is he another $50 million on his contract after this year? He's got two, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I I thought he had another year and then, the idea would be to re-sign him on a deteriorating body right. because this guy drives a lot. And I mean, you wouldn't give that money to anyone, but yeah. so we're not in that position to do that, which, you know, if we want to go out, I don't even know if we need to sign anyone after this year because we'll have uh, maybe Matisse Thibault will be able to step up. So I think we're in a good position to develop some of our younger players to do these types of roles that I don't think we're going to need to go out and get an expensive free agent. And who knows, maybe once we win the the Eastern Conference, we actually win this year. And everyone just goes out and parties on on, on uh, Broad Street. I mean, that would be post-COVID. Wouldn't that be exciting? That would be a, that would be an amazing time. Yeah. And I mean, there's all this talk about, you know, Kyle Lowry is their Sixers are still going to target him in this summer. And I don't you know, know how yeah. they can afford him. That's the problem. Right. And who are you giving up for him? Because I'm not giving up. I'm not, listen, at this point, I'm not giving up Matisse. I'm definitely not giving up Matisse. I'm not giving up um, Maxi, and I didn't want to give up Maxi before. And I'm definitely not going to give up, uh, um, what's his name? The guy whose name I always forget, uh, Green. Green. Yeah. Well, I, think they, I think they're looking to do a, a sign and trade. That would be what they were doing. Well, what are you going to give them? Well, what that's are you going to that's Cork, Cork I guess they will, the Sixers are going to re-sign Danny Green. I, I'm pretty certain that they've made that decision that they're going to re-sign him. He yeah, might yeah. be 35 and 36, but I think maybe a, a one or a two-year deal. And then right. I think they have Seth Curry on the books for another two years after this. Do they really? I was wondering. Another year, maybe another year. So he's still on the books too for that. Yeah. So who knows? But, um, well, man, listen, I think it's, it's an exciting time. Very exciting. It's very exciting. I'm ready. Basketball is is hundred percent back in Philly. It's so exciting. They're hopefully increasing capacity soon. Hopefully more people are getting vaccinated. Make sure your listeners are getting vaccinated. Love man. I encourage that. And, uh, you know, the sooner that happens, sooner we can get back to a normal world that we once knew. Do we have any shout outs? I want to give a shout out to, to quote the great Beastie Boys, to all the mothers and the sisters and the wives and friends. I want to offer my love and respect to the end. Happy Mother's Day to all Mother's the, Day. the women out there of our lives. And you have a special know, mother. You, know. what? you have a special mother and sister, right? And and wife, yes. So and I, wife, excuse me. Yes. You got a trifecta there. A trifecta, and I love all three of them till the end of time. And I'm very, very fortunate. And uh, you know, if if uh, you have an opportunity, 
you know, think about people that uh, aren't as fortunate and be grateful for what you have. And uh, you have a wonderful mother too, Charlotte. Yes, uh, I want to wish my mom a happy Mother's Day. Unfortunately, she's not going to be around this weekend, but where's uh, she going? She is going down to Columbia, South Carolina, home of Georgia's arch rival. I guess Georgia wouldn't consider the University of South Carolina a rival, would they? uh south carolina considers us more of a rival than we consider them but they're still it's it's, a, it's still a good rivalry game same colors same colors my is nephew getting on a plane or is she driving he's flying so this will be an experience my nephew andrew is graduating so i want to congratulate andrew liebergal andy for for uh, graduating this weekend uh in the sports management program on sunday um and uh, I want to wish his mother and all of my sisters a happy Mother's Day. Um, and yeah, that's those are my shout outs. I'm just proud of my family and I'm proud of all the mothers out there. I, I, I think we all know so many of them. Yep. And uh, I want to give a couple more shout outs. One shout out to my mom just for having me and being there for me all the time. Uh, moms are the greatest things in the world. And so I appreciate that. And certainly to my wife, who is an amazing mother, and my sister, who is an amazing mother, and... Uh, sister, too. Yeah, yeah, my sister, who, who is an amazing mother, um, and uh, my niece is graduating high school as well next weekend, so shout out to her. She is headed to the University of Georgia. Woo! Go Dogs! So we're excited about that. She's going to be joining her brother at Georgia. So shout out. What year, what year is your nephew? Is he going to be a junior? Yeah, he's going to be a junior. Wow. So we're yeah. like a Georgia family there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the way we've been, man. That's the way we roll. We roll deep. And uh, yeah, man, it was a great week. You know, got a great text from uh, B-Train just about the show last week and the draft special and he really enjoyed it. So we always appreciate that, but we just appreciate everyone listening and uh, man, great show, great week. And uh, everyone enjoys the weekend and stay safe. Have a good weekend, Ross. Uh, and I want to wish everyone a great weekend. A great, great weekend. Hold on, hold on. I got to get yeah, our music. Got music to take us out. Keep talking, keep talking. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. <laughs> Sing a song or something. Uh, I don't know. What what type of music do we have today? Oh, well, I was going to try and put the theme on for uh, whatever you had. The, the Banana uh, Splits theme banana song? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da